3: This week's show is dedicated to the memory of young Christy White, who sadly lost his battle against a brain tumour this week. He was only 10 years old. Um, some of you would have heard the applause on 10 Minutes. Um, I was lucky enough to work with him during the last few weeks of his life, and he was such a lovely lad who, despite knowing what was going to happen, was all, always cheerful, always joking. Um, his favourite player was Teke, so really, really glad he's scored today. R.I.P. Christy.
1: Do you think you are king? Hello and welcome
4: to Homesdale Radio. I'm your host, Chris Hamling, and in today's show, we look back at Palace's 4-0 win for Premier League survival, which not only secured a record fifth top-flight season in a row, but also consigned our opponents' Hull cities to relegation from the top flight. We'll be hearing from Palace Chairman Steve Parish a little later. We also want to hear from you. Go to holradio.net forward slash contact to find it all the ways how, including Twitter at HOLradio. You can visit the chat room holradio.net forward slash chat, or go to Facebook, search Homestale Radio, like our page and you can listen live in the most recent posting there uh, today i have something of the old guard and you'll you'll notice that in our theme music today we'll be back after this short message
0: Homestale radio sponsored by Uk, the next generation of fantasy football
4: Right, I best introduce my panel first. First up, it's the man of the people, as he was called today by, uh, by his mate Aintree, who I met at the outside of Clifton today. A uh, good shout-out to you. And by the way, I met so many people today, and I can't shout-out to you all, and I'm, I apologise, but, you know, I really appreciated all the, uh, all the comments today, and as does everyone on the show. But anyway, it's Mr. Joe Holyoke. Hello. Hello. Um, and keeping with the theme of old angry gits, we've got Mr. Nick Gillard hello hello i'm happy today yeah good. good and i mean this really does have the air of me visiting a sort of nursing home but we've also got mr nick philpot sitting
0: in his side chair here good evening everyone <laughs>
4: yeah there's uh, a lot of blankets on <laughs> these um and you know i'm, I'm doing my bit for the charity and you know, turning up and just talking to the old boys, and giving them a bit of an airing, <laughs> so they can feel uh, a bit better. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm really getting towards being old myself, so I really should stop all this. Uh, I'm 37 this year, can you believe that, guys? 37? Do you remember that? Do you? You're, you're exactly halfway between myself and DR. <laughs> That's a
0: scary thought, isn't it?
4: Absolutely terrifying. Um, can I start with uh, getting your your reaction, gentlemen, to not. Not our survival. Not a, a comfortable win today in in circumstances where we were all a bit nervous. But to Brighton and Hove Albion having a parade to celebrate well, well, nothing, no trophy, the failure to win a trophy. They had a they had a full on parade. Jill, I think you've probably got an opinion about this. What do you reckon?
5: It's just so Brighton, really, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> yeah.
4: that is it? the perfect perfect way to sum it up. It is Everything about, bra- someone suggested to me that obviously they had three games to go, and I think they only needed to win one of them to secure the, the, the championship. And it was it was too late to cancel it. But come on, that's embarrassing, isn't it? So, Chris and jumps up on the bus and goes, "Right, guys, we here it is. We what? Won- oh, I mean, with anything? We, do you remember our parade after the the playoff win? No, we didn't have one, did we? Because we didn't win. We didn't, we even we actually could have done. We won something."
3: So I, I heard they just jumped on one of those open top tourist buses and they were all sort of like waiting at the end of the pier for one to come along empty so they could all get on it waited three hours to get one that come along i don't know how true that is mikey's uh mikey tweeted something off the
4: um radio account on twitter at hol radio if you don't follow you should do um where they let's just say the excitement wasn't exactly boiling over down on the south coast today but bless them they're you know, we get to play them again next season. That's a great thing, isn't it? To have that,
0: that rivalry back, surely. That makes the, day, it makes the day even better still, doesn't it? I mean, it just goes to show you how delusional they are by all of that lot turning up. But the reality is, we, we. I mean, even during the game today, we were singing about Brighton, OK? Isn't it great to have the old rivalry back? I mean, you probably won't remember it being a youngster, Chris, but the other three of us were. Oh, Gillard's just Showing me a picture Where they, they're holding A trophy of some sort Did they make
4: that
3: Themselves <laughs> I don't know It looks like it cup not it
4: Made out of tin foil Isn't it
3: <laughs> Yeah But there's a There's another picture Of uh the in-betweeners uh, Next to them <laughs> Just going <laughs> Bus
4: Oh I see that Yeah yeah The bus the, <laughs> the busers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Well, it's not always nice to take a moment to uh, to mock Brighton. As someone suggested last week, we should be careful of karma. I, I think really that's what we should be saying to them. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> they should be careful of karma.
0: That's,
3: it, that's what, you it, know. in other rival news, they're going to sell out the Valley next week because uh, my son's got tickets for a YouTubers versus YouTubers match, and it's a sellout. It's sold out in like half a day. These teenagers watching their rubbish.
1: Oh, right? god,
4: like, uh, this is yeah, it's just to, to kick off the old boys' show, isn't
5: it? I'm, I'm in that boat. Like, Hang no, on. It's, a it's a what a YouTube. YouTuber's what. So, if you've got like if you're on YouTube, you can just go and play football in the valley
3: if you've got you, millions of followers.
5: Yeah, you have to. Yeah,
4: you apparently really? they, they have celebrities now on YouTube, are they?
1: Like,
4: yeah, they're people who have loads of people follow and almost to a person. They are some of the worst human beings ever to have existed it's um it's, it's phenomenal anyway we haven't really talked about palace yet we've uh, we've gone off on one and we've only got 25 minutes till we need to put in a it's one of those calls to steve parish where i just i have my fingers crossed <laughs> that we don't get the uh the um the voicemail immediately because uh, we've arranged a time and all that kind of stuff but he's a busy busy man so um so 8.30, we're scheduled for a call with Steve Parrish, if you're listening in, but uh, plenty plenty to talk about before then. And I want to start by saying, uh, like many of you ahead of this game, I, I I didn't sleep properly last night. It just had the... I've just seen someone write it. Is that, is that you, Nick? Chris yeah, teaches gel about the internet.
3: Yeah, that's Bromley, Bromley Egan in the chat chatroom, wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Yeah, we, that's a whole podcast in itself, I think. Um, not funny, wrote, he, someone, not funny,
4: not
5: funny, not, okay. not, not funny, Bromley, Eagle, Anderson, <laughs> wherever you are. Joe, Joe, Joe has confirmed
4: that that is not funny.
3: But he's also confirmed he doesn't know the internet because he can't even read off it. <laughs> but uh, but you
4: know, like as I said, like like many of you, I had them. Um, you know, I had those those worries. Everyone was mentioning them again, and it's just. You know, I think I think a lot of people after the game talked about the fact that oh, Swansea winning made it played into our hands because then Hull had to win. But I, I was just I thought that gave Hull more motivation, and I was genuinely, you know, I, was, I didn't even want to get out of the car. I parked sort of parked the car near the ground at about eleven, and I didn't leave the car till half eleven because I just couldn't couldn't bring myself to do it. But I man, I, I manned up. Yeah, that's probably the right tense. I manned up and, and went and watched the game, and yeah, we all, we all know what happened, and we'll get into the details. That's uh, right, right about now, really, gents. Other than, I just want a quick, quick round the
3: round the panel to sort of talk about how you felt pre-game. Nick Gillard, I was nervous, actually, really nervous. Um, not since the Stockport game or oh, Sheffield Wednesday even. I, I really thought we were going to cock everything up, and I really thought next week was just going to be full of misery. Um, but yeah, to the point where yeah, I couldn't even get my seat till just before kickoff.
4: It's one of those. Um obviously Joe, you were you were caught working at the Chelsea Flower show. I say working, you were very much glued to the radio and seeing all the, the details since. Um so I guess you had something to to keep your mind on it, but again, was it was it difficult to concentrate on your work?
5: Oh no. No, not at all. Because I think I got really grumpy um yesterday when it just dawned on me that we you know, losing today would have just been the, 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 almost the ultimate nightmare and then I, I'd have to carry on working through today it, it's um I, 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 I can't describe the feeling of like I said earlier, you earlier you know when we scored I scratched so loud that like literally every person within 50 yards working and there's hundreds of people working there at the moment um setting it up they all tell looks at me I'm just standing there with my hands up in the air just <laughs> i could have i wouldn't say cried but you know it was like i don't care about you lot this is all yeah. about us
4: exactly no i broke my phone celebrating that first goal such as life eh? uh and mr <laughs> mr philpot and uh, what yourself before the game you've you pointed out to me earlier that on the preview show a minute and 10 you said a minute and 10 into it you predicted a 4-0 but were you really that confident
0: no, it's actually um, uh, minute 10. It was uh, minute 10. Exactly. And we were talking about it on the show. And I said, that you know, I, it's one of those things where I was actually quite relaxed about it. I did predict, predict a 4-0 at that point. But later on during the show, I changed it to 2-0. Um, I thought I was actually quite confident. I thought um, everybody was panicking, saying it's a must-win g- game. It's a must-win game well it wasn't okay it wasn't a must win game we needed one point out of either today or next weekend okay so we didn't have to win anything at all and i was pretty confident i knew that hull had to come for us which they tried to do they frankly just weren't good enough um it did go to highlights to show you a little bit really as just how poor they really were and maybe championship level is probably right for them
4: yeah i mean to be to be fair to them i've i felt that they overachieved this this season in general because you look at what they what they did. Um, sort of in the summer, they they really did very little work, and it wasn't until silver came in where they started bringing in some some players uh, that made a bit of a difference to their squad. But even then, it was uh, it was kind of felt too little, too late. And I thought they've really been achieving miracles, um, particularly particularly at home. But I think the Sunderland result, where they lost two nil, kind of showed the frailty that they've got. And, like you say, it, on on balance of play today, they they did unfortunately, and I, I don't want to disrespect the team. I've got no not a huge amount of love for the majority of their fans, but their their team, I thought acquitted themselves in the Premier League brilliantly this season, and it's it's a shame sometimes that a, a team that does that actually has to go down. But that does, to be fair, t- today we just we just blew them away uh, and showed to be much the better side. Uh, Nick, you got some
3: reaction in the chat room? Yeah, well, it's pre reaction, pre action. I don't know what it's called anyway. Uh, Mr. Gristle uh, said it's been a really tense week. Um, I know we're going to talk about it today, but he's man of the match. Is uh, Andrea Ranoccia for lancing the boy inside three minutes. Um, and Dave MW1 said that he was worried that Hull would win today. It's funny considering the scoreline. And roller coaster. A new face in the chat room had a roller coaster. Was more nervous before this game than any previous game, going all the way back to Man City in our first season in the top division when we had to win to stay up. That's in wholeradio.net forward slash chat. I've
4: been checking uh, Twitter as well. I noticed that image you, you shared came from uh, CPFC GIFs, who said they brought their own runners-up trophy. So I was joking about it, but it seems that that actually was their own runners-up trophy. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. That's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, really, really, very much enjoyed that. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I've got to stop uh, going on my tangents to Brighton, but they've amused me today, to be honest. And it has been a has been a really, really good day for that. But uh, no, look, it's it's good to, good to hear that kind of reaction as well. I don't know if you've got anything, Mr. Philpot, on Facebook, but if not, uh, I don't know if you're looking. I'll give you two seconds
0: to answer me. Nothing, nothing from Philpot there. I am here. I, I am here. Oh, there are a couple of looks. Kevin Lyons has put on Facebook. Good evening, Kevin. Uh, Palace didn't put us through the ringer. Times have changed. Um, well done, Palace Another season. And this is from somebody called John Lennon. I don't know who's writing this. Uh, well done, Palace. Another season to upset the Premier League. We are red, red and blue and we're here to stay. And lastly, some bloke called Peter Philpot. Peter Philpot. Yeah, that's a familiar name. Uh, Hi mate, I uh, hope a couple of he needs he wants a couple of quick signings so we can all enjoy the summer.
4: Well, that's it, and we'll uh, be talking to Steve later on and finding out uh, finding out what work's gone on already. I don't know if he wants a break or not, but we'll be finding out for, um, very very shortly. Uh, thank you for those. I think you know I think we've heard from John Lennon before. I don't I don't think the John Lennon Lennon has the kind of the ownership of that name. Other people can be called it. Imagine but, if it was. Oh God! I've,
0: <laughs> opened, I've opened that door you there, haven't I?
4: And it's
3: come from you as well.
4: You know, we've got Joe and Nick uh, on the show, and you've done it. I'm happy for
3: yourself. Yeah, but all I'm saying, Chris, is give Phil Pot a chance, all right?
1: <laughs>
3: Nick, I can't. I'm just a jealous guy. Oh, <laughs>
1: okay,
3: enough. Move on.
4: That isn't that isn't one of his songs. No, it's not. No. Oh, Roxy. That was Roxy Music, <laughs> right? it was a mistake engaging with you on that I'm going to stop immediately let's talk about the game um and obviously we had the the early nerve settler of uh of getting a, an early goal so what happened was Tompkins uh defending a sort of long looping ball up from Hull sort of headed it forward Schrupp continued on by flicking it onto Townsend and he just sort of lobbed a, a first time ball over the defense sort of in the general direction as our Hull. but just trying to get in behind, and I think that was a feature of the game, trying to knock it into their channels and, and put them under pressure. But did it very, it's very early on, and Dawson sort of intercepted it with a header, and he kind of thought, well, you know, that snuffed that out. Uh, and his header goes to Rinochia, who just just has a total miss kick, a complete air shot, and he's a very good defender and someone I'm sure we had a look at before we joined Hull, uh, and someone you know I'm not wouldn't be too. Too upset if, he had, if, uh, if we went after him in the summer. I rate him very, very highly. Great defender, but he's, he's had an absolute nightmare there. A total missed kick, and Zaha's free running a goal. Doesn't even need to take a touch. Just slots it in brilliantly, and that's that's the mark of what Wilfred Zaha Zahar is now as a player, isn't it? Um, he, he's he can finish. As, you know, he's getting plenty of assists, but what's that? I think I think seven goals, Mister Gillard, uh, now,
3: and and that's Wilf's a different player now, isn't he? Completely different player and he's, he's almost a package, isn't he? It's every time he gets the ball, we're getting that excitement again that we got when he first burst onto the scene. And you, you think he's going to do something, especially against a defence as shaky as um, Holes was today. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's good. He's, he's not panicking in front of goal, which I think he would have done before.
4: Well, it's this is uh, very much encouraged to sort of get up and, and, and alongside Ben Teke these days, Joe. And, he, you know, we know from, from the past that at one stage he certainly saw himself as a striker and he's showing those kind of instincts now as well as being a real threat on the wing. But, I mean, just, just how much has he improved this season?
5: Um, well, I, I mean, we've, we've discussed him before and I, I, I really do think that he's, you know, there, there's, there's, something's happened to him where he where he literally has gone from being not knowing what he's going to do to knowing what he's going to do. I think he's enjoying his football as well. Um But he, he's obviously the, the step up to, you know, to international being around, you know, a lot of, of, of very, very decent players can only, can only bring you on, you know? And and, and I think we, we will, as long as we can keep him, I think we'll only benefit from him, you know, just being around even better players
4: yeah and, and 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 nick p that's been the question really raised by a lot of people is are we going to keep him with this spurs interest you know in, at one stage it did look dodgy in the summer spurs put in bids He's he's gone on and been better since then you know we we saw him today he didn't look like a player playing his last game at Sellers park he didn't you know didn't do the thing he did last time with a t-shirt on banking the fans underneath and all this kind of stuff so um you know holding on to a little bit of hope there that uh the new contract he signed and, and the one that's sort of probably going to follow to, to get him up there with the top earners, um, hoping that's going to be enough. And all the noises come out of the club are that, that Wilf's currently happy to stay there. So, you know, you, you you keen, well, not keen, obviously you're keen to keep him, but are you, you know, you believing that? Is, is Wilf going to be a Palace I,
0: player? I think he will be a Palace player. Um, for those of you that don't know out there, uh, does he sound like a bloke that's about to leave the club? He was in there. Homesdale pub after the game with the Homesdale fanatics with Punchin and Fraser Campbell having a beer with with the Homesdale fanatics after the game Uh, and he really was and there there is one thing that everybody's picked up on that his skill, his assists and his goals this season there is something that nobody I don't know has talked about there is something I noticed about Wilf because we were uh, previewing the game earlier in the week against Hull from two years ago is his physical size he's really bolted out it's his strength now I said that last week yeah, I think it's something that's really helped his game.
4: Yeah, you know, he's he's always you know he's always been a powerful player. Um, he, he really has, but it it has kicked off it properly. It really has, and um, you know, it's it's hard not to be a massive fan of Wilf Zaha as, as a you know as a Palace supporter, but at the same time. I think he's now fast becoming everybody's sort of favourite Palace player. Saw people saying he's eclipsed AJ now. Um, I've seen people saying, you know, I've, I've I've said it in the past that he's pretty much now my all-time favourite Palace player, and that's you know that's that's huge praise, and it's something that uh, I firmly believe. Uh, okay, um, I sort of want to move us on to to what was it? Well, it was a chance next, but it gives us a, an opportunity to talk about. Um, a player who came back into the side today, uh, and I suppose it's worth mentioning at, at this sort of stage that um, the, the the lineup sort of went back to to the lineup that's played best under Allardyce. Kabai coming into the midfield, um, and uh, James Tompkins coming back into the defence. So obviously no Sacco, but Tompkins playing through injury, and uh, he had a real chance to score. Uh, corner from from Punchin to the back post and headed it just wide, but. What do we make of James James Tomkins, Joe? He's played through the the pain barrier um, today. You know, I don't know whether he had his painkiller injections and what have you, but certainly wasn't fully fit. But it was a superb display, and he's been brilliant under Allardyce, hasn't he?
5: Well, he's a very good player anyway. I mean, I think he, he did. He score in his first uh, his first game for us. I'm sure he scored from a from a set piece. Um, you know, on his debut. But he he always you know he's got he's very experienced and he is going to be always going to be a danger. But I think he you know he has he has had a, a few howlers as in you know and missed a few easy chances. But but listen we I, you can never start picking picking holes in players that are obviously of of uh, you know playing through through the pain barrier. I mean he, he, he you know as far as I know that you know I was told that he was injured. I don't know anybody. Uh, anybody who thought he was going to be playing today no so you know if, if he's come back to do a job and he has been you know I mean the, the, the thing is the painkillers you know they're very very temporary I have to have those for my knees. so but they're very temporary so um, but I, it's, it's, it's just huge he, he has proved his worth for me you know I think he'll only get I think i will only get better um, and, and the more we keep this team together you can you could just see a little bit of a little bit of you know, a little bit of spirit coming back in the last couple of months. Mm, definitely. Good to, that's, see. Good to
4: that's, see. Yeah, it is. That's something that Allardyce has engendered within, within the side. Definitely. It's, it's returned. And, and I think Sammy Lee is probably, um, you know, a, a big driving force behind that as well, by all but, accounts. He's a but, huge presence on the training ground.
5: I, th- I think people, you you're saying about Sammy just very quickly. I think Sammy Lee is, he, he's so respected because of his background, where he's come from. And the other thing about Sammy Lee He's been there, seen it, and done it, and that's the, and that's the thing. You know, you, you can be you can be told what to do. You can be given you can be given advice by by a, you know a, a people that train you by a manager. But unless they've been there, seen it, and done it, you know, you, you can't. I, th- I think it's a different kind of advice. You know, it's a, it's a more respectful. I mean, if, you know, like a lot a lot of the Palace players. You know, would have, most of them would have heard about him and most of them would have Googled him and, and seen him scoring in cup finals and winning this, that, and the other. So, but I, th- I think he's huge. I think he's absolutely massive. And just very quickly, two points. I spoke to my mate Danny yesterday and he met Samuel Lee up at London Bridge uh, on uh, yesterday, yesterday morning, I think it was, or, or Friday morning. And he said, everything that they've been doing. After the Burnley game was geared up for today, absolutely everything. Yeah. So you know, um, and I've, because of my age, I've forgotten the second point I wanted. <laughs> uh, Gel, in the, in,
0: you let us down. Gel, come on. I oh, know. We're not You've now really, fueled you? the fire. I'm there. Um... <laughs> I'm just gonna jump in if I may. Um I mean we're talking about Tomkins, of course, okay, and playing through the pain barrier, but also worthy of note is Kabai. They um if you l- listen to Luca's uh, post-match interview on the pitch, he was saying uh you know, credit to both of them, they were both hurt when it's when they took the pitch yeah. Uh and so yeah, I think you know, hats off to them, both well done. Uh they, they wore the shirt and the shirt with pride today, and then we got the result because of it.
4: Yeah, and that's that kind of dedication to play for the team. In such an important game and to, to, to put your body on the line that's the kind of thing that, that that makes you uh you know makes you a legend at a club and you know I was thinking that today when I'm, I'm looking at players well players like Luca, really who you know who in their first season and, and, and Tompkins and thinking that you know if these guys hang around a few years and are part of, of part of something you know even more special because let's face it we we might have felt we've had a potentially disappointing season but we've we've achieved something we've never achieved as a club. History has been made, you know. Yep. So we, we really got to respect that. And, you know, these are the players that will be, you know, the legends of the future if they, if they hang around. I've got to let Joel jump in because he's just remembered his second point. <laughs>
5: Joel. I have, yeah. I just, I just took some pills and remembered. <laughs> um, no, I've, I've said for, you know, i said for ages, I, I, the best people to bring into the club are people that can, that can attract people to the club. And I don't think there's... And there's, there's definitely no way that there is not a connection between Sammy Lee and his Liverpool days and us getting Sacco. I, I, I honestly... Nobody can, can convince me any other way that he, he it didn't play any part in it because... Connections are everything in football. And I think the longer we stay in the Premier League and the more that we have people like Allardyce, because he's respected, and he must be respected in football, because apart from the misdemeanor that got him kicks out of the England job, he was made England manager. And that's a that's massive. That's absolutely yeah. massive. So uh, so I so I think we we've, we've we've you know, with the way that the you know, with just the, the, the way that the club is being built up in in its core structure, you know. So I, I I don't think that, that Allardyce has, had, has ever had a team like ours, and the potential to have a team like ours with you know with, with some of the players that he's got. I'm I'm very very happy to to be you know just the way the club is at the mm-hmm. moment, and and Sammy Lee is huge for us.
1: Gillard, Hambling. Um- <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sammy Lee has really bought into the club. You can tell, I know we, we joke about him being the quickest applauder in the world, but somebody said in the chat room about how, how mental Sammy Lee went when we scored today. And even at the end of the game, you could just see that he's, he loves being at Palace. And it didn't take long for Allardyce to love being at Palace. And going back to Tomkins, I think he loves being at Palace. Why would he play through the pain, pa, I can't say that, pain barrier? If you know, he he could have easily said, oh, "No, I'm I'm too, I'm no good, boss. I'm no good, boss." But he wanted to get through it, and I think that says a lot. And it it puts us through to next season really, really well. And it's just a case of hanging on to the good players and and seeing who else we can bring to compliment them.
4: Hey, there's a couple of comments there that you've put up from the, the chat
3: room, on Tompkins. Yeah, Dweeb Tomps Tomps was excellent, and J Dog Free. Um, Tomkins was great today. However, I've found Martin Kelly an absolute revelation recently. He's yeah, just, just 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 on that, Kelly's been been superb. I I, I thought he struggled last week,
4: um, but I'm not sure who would have would have done particularly well in in the way the defence was was sort of put together last week. It was uh, are you barking, Nick. Yes, hang on. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs>
5: Jarvis, Jarvis the Mad Cocker.
4: Oh, that's who it is. Okay, okay, brilliant. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, Martin, Martin Kelly. I mean, today, today, it's worth mentioning just how many excellent tackles he made. Sort of, he was just very, very much disrupting the whole sort of flow. Uh, stepped into midfield on occasion to sort of to follow some of the uh, the four players as they made runs inside, all that kind of stuff. Um, again, played with an awful lot of confidence alongside uh, Tompkins. But you know, Martin Kelly wants to play centre back. You know, at one stage of his career, he, he got England recognition. He's no mug, and and we've not seen the best of him at Palace. But under Allardyce, you know, it's no it's no coincidence that you know the defenders are are, are players that have excelled, and and Martin Kelly's one of those who's you know really due to, to to bad luck to other people has found his way into the team. But um, I think he's you know I'm pretty sure he's you know signed a new contract as far as, as far as I understand and and will be with us again for, for, for a couple of years. And he's clearly impressed Sam Allardyce as well, because, you know, he's, he's stepped ahead of Damo in terms of the pecking order. And, and there you go. That's, that's credit to him for getting his head down and working hard. And, um, yeah. And, and another one who's, okay, he's been here a little while, but, you know, he's, he's got an opportunity. And, and that's, that's great to see.
3: It's great to see players taking those opportunities. It really is. Well, look at Jules. Um, same, same with him, wasn't it? Had a, yeah. had a couple of mares, didn't play for a while. Got back in and
0: is a legend. And you just signed a new contract. Yes,
3: yes. yeah, yes.
4: Jules. Jules is here for a, for another year i mm-hmm. uh, got a few tweets in. Lucy, you, mo- you know her, <laughs> from my radio, <way, laughs> has said that uh, since January, Martin Kelly, she, she said it since January, Martin Kelly hasn't got enough credit. reckon he'll shine next season. Uh, Paul Ashby has said you see Tompkins' face when he was sub. was so pleased with the score and performance. Absolutely immense. We felt Schlubb was man of the match. And w- w- interesting. We'll get to talk about that later. Uh, Bristol Palace chiming in with that Ben Teco was also a massive pull for Sacco. and He's hoping that he'll convince him uh, this is to stay or, or to come back next season and I'm sure that's a question we'll uh, throw Steve Parrish's way in just
3: a minute. We're going to
4: have to read him in like a minute or
3: so. Did you see what he tweeted, Sacco? He tweeted uh, uh, some fans in the in the Saints present singing, we want you to stay.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah which was lovely.
3: I love <laughs> the fact that,
4: you know, it's great to see. Great that he was
3: in the crowd, great
4: that he was involved today. I'm sure, you know, with the injury, he, he officially is back at Liverpool, you know, so for him to to share in our, our kind of joy today was, that's a very special thing. And,
3: uh, and I, and with the interview that um, Nick was alluding to earlier with Milivojevic, you can actually see Sacco jumping up and down, and, or not jumping up and down, but smiling and laughing in the background. I was say, so, better not be jumping up and down.
5: <laughs> yeah. Did he, have, he had some photos done with the eagle as well, apparently, so I, so I saw on Twitter.
4: Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Is that another one who's been bitten by the palace bug, do we think? I think so. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, that noise is <laughs> the noise that I asked Mikey to play. to. Remind me me that we need, to, we need
1: to, Yeah, it's a job.
4: <laughs> uh, We need to uh, talk to Steve Parish. So what we'll do, we'll take a short break. We'll come back to our review of the game that we've barely scratched on. Uh, we'll come back to that uh, just after the forward reviews, uh, hopefully at which time we'll be joined by Steve Parrish. Speak to you in a moment. Janet Bissenden, who's Nick's cousin.
3: Absolutely bloody Brilliant. Uh nepotism. Janet's the um, New Zealand part of the family and Alan, her brother. My cousins. Um is in the UK somewhere. My mum can't can. That's right.
5: John Merriweather. No relation. Somebody tickled my prostate.
0: <laughs> 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 Tony Hall, I wasn't nervous. Nervous? Promise. That's five words.
3: I wasn't nervous, promise. He said nervous nervous.
1: Dude, right, shut up. <laughs> Let's get on.
3: This has gone wrong.
1: Paul Holland, next year, the title.
3: Jimmy Dawes, Kabai makes the difference.
1: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
5: Zulu Echo Romeo Oscar Finks, punch plate grinder.
0: Mummy White simply glad all over. Stephen Golding, I'm allowed home tonight.
3: Daniel Nopoku, why was I worried?
5: This is a cracking name. I had to read it three times to make sure it weren't one of the made-up ones to stitch me up. Daniel Babington-Brown. How good was punching.
0: Lynn no-name, no voice after that.
5: Graham
3: Neelan, less stressful than Stockport. Mike Clough.
5: <laughs> Early goal destroyed Hull. Neville Grimmer. Let's get Sacco now.
0: And he's a good shit. Glad, all, glad it's all over. <laughs> Homestale Radio. Sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk.
1: The next generation of fantasy football.
4: Well, well we're back. i <laughs> having a nice conversation with the O2 Messaging Service. We'll be trying again in just a moment live. Uh, so, gents, well we um,
3: uh,
4: they seem to take forever as well to connect. But, uh, but there we go. Um, the producer will be sorting that out for us in just a moment, and uh, we'll, we'll just carry on with our discussion. In the meantime, so just in, on talking about um, obviously Tompkins um, going close from a punch and corner. It wasn't that long afterwards. Same side, Punchin's taken a corner straight onto the head of Christian Benteke. Great downward header into the net before the keeper reacts. That is, um, you know, that's that's Christian Benteke's fifteenth Premier League goal. That's his best return since nineteen for Villa in the uh, in the, in his first Premier League season.
5: But so only let's, his fourth at home.
4: Yeah, only his fourth at home, which was mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. That's a, that a strange one. We're um we're gonna keep talking while we're while we're ringing. So uh, at any stage, we might hear a phone being off message or or Steve's voice, hopefully. But uh, anyway, so um. On that, well, let's talk about Christian Benteke until I have to interrupt you for other things. Um, just uh, people have talked always talk about the
0: the the, val- <laughs> well,
4: <laughs> the value, the value of the the signing, the thirty million pounds. Um, whether we got value for money. In fact, a, a friend of mine at the game today, when I think Benteke was on the back post and sort of sliced a volley wide, he just said, "Oh, thirty million quid." So it seems people are kind of preoccupied with that. Uh, so if I start. I start with you, Nick. But how, how, how do you view the the transfer of Benteco? Because you know, with the goals that he scored, the return that he's got, and you look at that historically for for Palace players, it's, it can't really be anything but a success in my mind, irrespective of how much it costs. What's your view?
0: God no. I mean, you, and there's people that would argue that 30 million quid, 15 goals return, two million per goal. But, I mean, he, he's brought much more to that team. Uh, I think it's worth, also worthy of note. thinking you've got Benteke, Zaha and Townsend up there. That is a formidable f- front three. Um, th- there must be other teams in the Premier League that would give their eye tooth for that sort of uh, attacking formation at the front. Benteke himself, he's holding the ball up better. He's getting involved more. He's actually, yeah, you know, he's, his distribution out to the wing players is outstanding, Um, the guy is clear, clear quality and I'm I'm glad he's on our team and not playing against us.
4: Absolutely right but what I will say is this, I was I very rarely have anything too critical to say about Benteke but there was a moment in the first half, literally minutes before he scored where I think it was Townsend who got free down the left and had had sort of got himself into a really good crossing position, now I kind of have mixed thoughts on this because I was watching Benteke and his movement and he was kind of jogging and he sort of slowly jogged towards the front post and Townsend hit a very good cross, but much, much deeper. Usually because, you know, Benteco's hanging out at the back post, but there was no quick movement. There was no sort of sudden dart for, for to get away from the defender, nothing like that at all. Now, I was disappointed with that. But at the same time, the number of crosses from from us that are sort of low and to the sort of front post, I can kind of understand it. So, um if I can kind of bring you in on this, Joe, it, is there? Oh, are, are we consistent enough with our crossing from Take to know where to be, to know where to move? Or, you know, as has been labelled at him at other clubs in the past, is he, you know, a little bit lazy with his movement?
5: Um, I, look, I, I think, I think as a team, I think we've we've managed to gel again and and, and get back to playing decent football only in the last couple of months. I mean, what you know, to be to be as isolated as he was under um, under Pardew was just it must have just been like just breaking his balls week in week out to just hit him, hit him, hit him. I think we've we've Allardyce he's a is a little bit more technical, is a little bit more. I, I think we've when Benteki gets the ball now, I think he gets options that he didn't have. Four months ago, you know, options to, to lay the ball off. I think he has backup. I think he has, you know, uh, at times we had, we only had, um, we only had Wilf on the pitch or we only had Townsend on the pitch. And it was, I think, I think he's realised that, that, that our most potent weapons are if you play them together, we cause a lot of problems. And I think that they, I think they bounce off each other. I think they all they all fancy themselves a bit. They all like a bit of a you know like to do the tricks and everything. I, I I I genuinely think now that you see him when he scores, he smiles now. Usually, you know, he does that little walk or whatever he does, and then he looks up in the sky and. But he smiles now. I think he's I think he's a lot happier. I think something's been released within the club. Like I said, I think the spirit's back. So I think he's I think he's enjoying his football. Seems to be a more relaxed place. And it'll yeah, be yeah. more relaxed now, you know. Hello. Ah, hello. It's
4: uh, it's Chris on Homestay Radio. How you doing?
6: Oh mate. Yeah, Chris. Just watching the game
4: again. <laughs> Don't blame you. That's what I'm going to be doing. As soon as we <laughs> We've all seen it. Over and over and over. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us, Steve. Much appreciated. Um, obviously, we're live. Let's no st- Straight away into things. So, what's your what's your initial reaction to safety? Relief? Maybe a little bit of regret if we'd um, maybe, you know, made a few changes a bit earlier, something like that. A couple of listeners asking questions along those lines. What's the overriding emotion?
6: Uh, listen, I, you know, it's a, it, we're going to fifth 15th in the Premier League. Uh, it's the first time we've stayed in the top flight that long. Really?
3: So, um, that, yeah.
6: that's, you know, we've, we've been around over 100 and whatever years, 10 years. So to achieve that is, is a fantastic thing for the football club. So I can't have any regrets. Um, <clears throat> I'm pleased with the decisions we made. Because if we hadn't made them, maybe it would have been worse. So, you know, we might have finished a couple of places higher, but number one priority is to stay in the league and to try and build on what we've done over the last seven years. So I'm very, very pleased.
4: It's obviously, um, as, as you say, we mentioned it on the show earlier on, you know, we've officially made history as Crystal Palace today. So it's hard to be anything other than delighted with that. As, as tough as it's been at times this season, you know, overall it is, is success. And again, I suppose keeping with the sort of theme of a... I'm to questions. There's a few sort of I can't help in the sort of moment of of triumph to ask the questions about did we see final games for the likes of Dave Damo and Kubai? And obviously we've heard Julian Speroni signed a new contract. Is there any sort of further news on contracts of of people staying around with us for the for the journey ahead?
6: Well, you know, listen, there's, there's, I think now's the time just to take stock really of what's happened. Obviously, we haven't been talking about that because. You know, we've all been focused on the the job in hand. So I'll sit down with Sam, probably after the Man United game, and we'll start to plan for next season. And, um, you know, he'll give me a list of who is essential that he wants to keep, who he wants to, you know, he thinks is not so important. And and we'll go from there, you know. So, uh, together, as a club, as a set of supporters, who were fantastic today. I thought the display at the beginning was, you know, I was a little bit cheerful, to be honest, when I saw it at <laughs> the beginning, um, yeah. after all we've been through this season. So, you know, we'll sit and contemplate Junior Julian signing a new contract because he's very important to the club. And um, whether it's as a number one or a supporting player, um, he's great to have around the place. So positive, uh, fantastic character. And uh, we all felt we owed him that. Um, so, uh, and we're always relying on him when he comes in. We're you know, we never in any doubt he'll give us a good performance. So that was one we wanted to do. But everything else is really down to me and Sam to sit and talk about when the season's over.
4: Okay, that, that sort of us my uh, answers my my next question as well. So I'll, I'll ask you something a little bit different. Um, you talked about the fans today and um, and just how great that was. You know, from being there myself and screaming myself <laughs> relatively hoarse, it it felt really special today in in the crowd. And um, I think when we spoke last, there was um you know the, the fans were sort of wobbling a little bit, understandably, I think. Um, but a lot of people now are saying they feel like they've got their palace back. Is that, is that something you feel as well, that we, we've, we've kind of rediscovered our identity?
6: Yeah, look, I mean, it was a low point, wasn't it? In, in seven years for me, the Sunderland game. And um, <clears throat> I think, you know, what we got was what we deserved, really, as a team at that, at that point, as a group of people. And it was a wake-up call for everybody. You know, and sometimes people that love you have got to tell you what they think. And um, that's what we got that day. You know, I wouldn't like to see it again. I think it took a lot of, um, you know, a couple of bad performances for us really to get that. So um, it was great, really, from the Middlesbrough game to have everybody back on side. And from that moment on, you know, come what may, everybody's been completely with us. You know, we, we as, a, as, a, as a board supported the, the, the team and the fans and everybody, I think, the transfer window. I think looking back, we had a sensational transfer window really in January. You know, when you look yep. at today with Jeffrey playing, um, Patrick coming on, um, and he's played his part as well, getting that key goal against Middlesbrough. You know, Milivojevic, who has come from a league where, you know, he's been the top team and he's had to come and run and chase and Harry. You know, not many players come into this league and hit the ground running like he has. Obviously, Mamadou Sacco, who was absolutely key for, you know, six or seven games, unfortunately got that injury. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't, I think we would have got it done sooner. So uh, we had a very, very good window. Um, everybody supported everybody. And uh, when the going's got tough, we got going. And, and as you did our, our, our safety, which is fantastic for everybody. Sorry, Steve. Can I ask you how
3: Remy's been this season? Because obviously he's, he's been wanting to play a lot and he's only managed to make two or three appearances. Um, how's he been here? How's he feeling at the end of the season?
6: I don't know really I, I haven't talked to Loic I mean he's, he's, he's been injured most of the season unfortunately so um, it's very very difficult you know when you've got Christian scoring 15 goals from open play this season you know it's hard enough as it is to play to up front I think Loic's had your odd chance um, but it's been a long time with no football really for Loic when you look back at Chelsea and um, uh, the lack of appearances there so you know I think I um, think it didn't work out for him. You know, we wish him all the best. Uh, but unfortunately, this season, you know, with injuries and, and whatever, it didn't work out for him. Fortunately, Christian stayed fit um, and uh, Fraser's come in on other occasions. You know, let's not forget the goal against, against Ho up there and some other good performances he's putting off the bench. So, um, you know, we, we, we've been lucky really with Connor's injury to get away with only having two strikers. I mean, when you look at it, we've got five real decent centre-backs and, and we've down to almost you know one at times so um, thankfully Christian stayed fit as the Fraser and we got to the end of the
4: season absolutely um, going back to a listener question now Ben Fleury got in touch and said um, you know looking ahead and obviously that's something you said you're going to do with, with Sam after the Man United game but looking ahead at the moment what do you feel would be a, a kind of acceptable level of ambition for yourself and Sam next season
6: well, look, we want to push on, but I think we've learned a lesson this season. You know, we tried to change the style of play and make ourselves better. And uh, we've got ourselves in all sorts of problems, really, I felt. Got ourselves in a bit of a muddle, really. And, you know, we need to, if we're going to change, we need to change a lot more slowly. And we've got to focus on survival and try to get into that top 10. And if you get into that top 10, anything can happen. So uh, we'll, I'll sit down with Sam he's a pragmatic character, as am I. And, um, you know, we'll look at what we've got, what we think we need to make us better. And then we'll try and get the season off to, you know, a good start like we did the season before under Alan and get a bit of breathing space. And then we might think about, you know, being a bit more adventurous. But, you know, you've got to secure your status in this division before anything else. You can see this year, West Ham are at one point out of us, Stoke, not, not far. Southampton, not far away. Probably will run one more game because to finish ninth. So, there's nothing in it this division. Everybody's good. Everybody's going to buy players in the summer. Everybody's going to try and improve. So, it's naive to think that this is a bad finish for Crystal Palace. Obviously, we don't want the stress that we put ourselves through. But we've got to be realistic and um, try and climb up the table, maybe in slightly smaller steps than we did this season.
4: Uh, That that sounds fair And and you talk about deciding on the future with Sam On on working with with, with Sam Allardyce uh, You know, I suppose from the outside Looking in when he first arrived at Palace uh, You know, I think a lot of people Observed him sitting sort of back on the bench Should we call it, pensively And um, generally, sort of speaking uh, As the weeks have worn on He seemed more and more animated, more and more involved Up on the touchline, singing along To Glad all over Has he been bitten by that Palace bug, do you think?
6: Yeah, I think so. You know, we're a nice club, aren't we? You know, I think we're nice to be around. So um, the fans are positive. There's not too much. I mean, apart from the Sunday game, which Sam, along with me, felt we deserved. you know, what we got. Um, Sam feels the fans are very positive people and um, he likes it here. Um, I think it's helped him rebuild after, you know, the unfortunate things that happened with England. Um, And um, I'm very pleased in a way, that England's misfortune is our good fortune. So, um, obviously, we're, we're very happy to have him. You know, I thanked him profusely after the game. He's got a great team of people around him. Um, he's done a fantastic job. Sammy Lee, Rylan Morgans, Martin Margerson, all of the guys at the club, Kevin Keane, um, have been fantastic and all added uh, to what we've managed to achieve. You know, the people that he's brought in and the people that he kept. So, you know, Sam's um, hopefully happy. We're happy with Sam and,
4: and, and we build from him. OK, that's great. Loads of uh, loads of praise coming in for you as well, Steve. We'll try and summarise that a little bit later on. But uh, I think, Joe, you've got a, a quick cheeky question for Steve.
5: Well, no, I mean, I, I know first and foremost that, you, that you're a fan like us, you know. You've always been a Crystal Palace fan. But are you looking forward to going back down to the Amex next season?
6: Well, you know, I mean, listen, it, it's great to have a big rival in the league and congratulations to them. Uh, I'm actually going to the event with Sutton, I think, this week. And I'll be congratulating him because he's a, a very, very nice man. He's done a fantastic job there. And, and you know, that rivalry, you know, if, if you haven't really got a club that, that doesn't like you, I don't think you're a proper football team, really. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to playing them. But, obviously, it is a bit of a circus, um, with all the things that go on around it, with the police and the security and all that stuff. So I just hope the fans, you know, take it a good part. You know, a rivalry is a great thing to have, but when it spills over into something else, that's not what anybody wants to see. So as long as we can all enjoy it and take it for what it is, um, you know, a football rivalry, it's not life and death, then, um, you know, I'll enjoy it. OK, thanks, Steve. Um, look, again,
4: last time we spoke, we talked about the fact, that, you know, this was really shaping up to be your, your hardest season as, as chairman of, of, of Palace. Do you still feel that way?
6: Yeah, well, look, we've got something to lose now. You know, we we, we, we we feel like we're a feature in this division. And with the players we bought last summer, everybody expected so much. But like I said before, this is a tough division and everyone's improving all the time. So, you know, we've got to learn some lessons from this season, <laughs> me included, especially me, probably. Um, and... Uh, Really try and make sure that we, you know, we don't let ourselves get in that situation next year. So it does get harder, but um, you know, I love this football club, as you know, and the supporters and the players. Uh, we've all got a real good sense of togetherness. So hopefully we can we can build on here. There's so much still to do, as we all know, with the academy, the stadium, everything. But we've always got to remember how far we've come. You know, we've got to look at it and just count our blessings. As I said, you know, when I took over this club, we had six professional players. We didn't own the training ground. We didn't own the stadium. Um, now we've got a stadium, not the best in the country, but it's a million times better than it was. We've got a fantastic training ground. We're working on improving the academy. We've got fans to the stadium. We're going for the fifth year in the Premier League which is a record in top flight. So, you know, I'm proud of what we've achieved. Um, I want to achieve more. But, you know, I think we should always, be, you know, be grateful for where we've got and just try and build on that,
4: just, just um, you, you sort of mentioned the, the sort of the we in there. Obviously, the the other two owners, Josh and David, how have they felt? I've, I've called it in my notes the traditional roller coaster, but obviously it was a difficult season. How have they, how have they found it? And I, I gather they're probably just as elated as you are right now as well.
6: Honestly, I, I think it's fair to say I don't think I've ever, ever experienced anything like it. Yeah. You know, I think the emotions, the highs and the lows of the English Premier League. You know, what's at stake um, to stay in the league? How everybody can beat everybody on any given day? Um, I think it's just been a real experience for them. And they've been incredibly, incredibly supportive, um, especially in, in January. You know, all of, all of the shareholders, and there's some other shareholders as well, for Stephen and Jeremy and Martin, David Abrams and, and Roger Krause and Mark Leader, and there's some smaller shareholders as well. And they've all been supportive in, in January. You know, we all had to put money in January to buy the players that we wanted to buy. So um, they've been fantastic. Um, and, um, you know, I can't thank them enough, really. No. Um, it's been a good team effort from, from from you know, all of the owners. Um, and, and it's important for me at the sharp end. Work with Phil Alexander and, and the rest of the guys that, that we get all that support you know even in the dark times so you know I can't thank them enough Brilliant um,
4: Joe you got another question
6: Yeah Steve how,
5: is it, how, how easy is it to, to persuade the other guys the other owners to, to go out and spend the best part of 30 million quid on one player <laughs> I've done him haven't I you have how dare you?
4: Um, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get Steve back in just a moment. I don't know if that was a mute or that is a uh, a dropped call, but we'll find out, I guess, soon enough. Um, some great, great, great stuff there from Steve. I only had a handful of questions left. I know we've got plenty of, uh, of commenting from you guys as well. Um, yeah, there's, the call's now dropped. We'll try and get Steve back in just a moment, and. Um, if, if we don't manage it, some great stuff there anyway for you all to digest and for us to digest as well, gents. Um, I don't know if we want to do a quick reaction to that while we see what happens. Um, but uh, it was good. Joe, you're obviously in the process of asking a question about uh, about the owners, but um, obviously he's, Steve's spoken clearly there about um, about the support he got in, in the January window and have, the fact that they all had to put money in as well. I was, um, I think that sort of opened my eyes a little bit about just how much of a team effort it is now.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I really hope we get him back on because... You know, it's it's nice to, to be able to throw these questions. I, I, I was telling got
6: cut so, off. I don't know why. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we <laughs>
4: are.
5: And there it is. We, we thought, <laughs> we thought it was a
4: reaction to Jeff's question, but <laughs>
5: wouldn't be the first yeah, time happening. hung up on him. Uh, yeah, I, basically, what I was saying was, how easy is it to to uh, to persuade the other owners and, 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 and the important people alongside you at the, with the, at the club to to spend thirty, you know, the best part of thirty million quid on one player?
6: Well, I mean, I think Christian was, they knew, you know, everybody knows Christian. And, and before they looked at Palace, they did look at Villa. So um, he was someone they were familiar with. Um, actually, that wasn't a problem. Really more January, obviously, you know, was a difficult time because we were losing. And, uh, you know, we, we we spent gross $40 million plus the wages in January. I don't know if, you know, you saw it, but... I mean, even Sam rang me and said, I've never topped the transfer. I've never been in the top of the spending in the transfer window in my managerial career. I think it put a bit of pressure on him. So um, uh, everybody was entirely supportive. I mean, just literally put the plan in front of them, told them players that we wanted to get the scouting set up. You know, and I've heard lots of stuff, by the way, about our scouting set up. I read people saying, no, we haven't got a scouting set up. Well, I think people need to look at January. Because we relied on on Tim Coe, who's our head of recruitment, obviously, and the manager, um, and all of the people that we employ to look at players. And, and, you know, Milivojevic from Olympiacos. It was a real find for us. Sacco on loan. You know, we only decided to do that after the Bournemouth win. So we worked on that from 11 o'clock on transfer deadline day, got an extension and and got it closed about five to one in the morning. Um, And, you know, Jeffrey Schlupp, who I think was you know, sensational today at Liverpool uh, at many games. And he's only 22, you know. I mean, he's a, he's a fantastic boy, I think. Van Anholt, who's been great as well. So that was a big spend in January. And, uh, you know, we were in a bit of bother. And I think without that, all the lads, everybody would agree. Because that lifts everybody, the players, the fans, everybody. Gives a bit of belief. Um, and um, everybody was excellent. Everybody wanted to do it. You know, nobody wants to... Fall out of this league without giving it our best shot and um, the supporters as well played their part so uh, every, everybody was very good.
4: It's great to see you know that that should we say that that sort of um, that risk pay off really is um, you know obviously very rewar- rewarding f- f- for you guys to take that sort of jump and obviously if it resulted in, in relegation that's that's even that's a sort of a double hit for you so delighted that that kind of ambition and that approach has actually paid off. And, and you know, as you say, yeah,
6: listen, it's people writing checks. I mean, literally people have to write the checks, you know, I have to ring people up and say, right, you know, I need this much, I need this much. Obviously I put my bit in, um, uh, but I'm relying on everybody else to do it. So um, that's a real show, show of support. When Sounds like, like seven rock, years so, ago, uh, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, you know, I think probably the third or fourth year in the Premier League, I, are the hardest in some ways because you know you get to a wage bill where you're not generating any cash, and um, you know it, it gets a, a little bit tough. So um, in the round, in, in the balance of things, you hope that you make the right decisions overall. Um, and I think I think we did. You know, of course, at one point, you know, I was getting brickbacks for selling Dwight and selling um, uh, various well, other players. Um, then Murray, of course, you know, players nice. we love and we very love to congratulate them, by the way, you know, on, on both getting promoted. You know, we, we, you know, I'm in contact with both of them and I'm extremely pleased for both of them. But, you know, club is a constantly changing thing, and you, if you're not getting better, you're standing still. You know, both of those players weren't going to be content with being on the bench once Christian came. So, you know, it's the right thing to do to move them on. Um, And there'll be other decisions like that that we have to make together and they're difficult decisions. I mean, yesterday, I was praying he didn't score against us because we had a deal when Yannick went to Everton. We had a deal for him to come to us and we didn't think at the time it was the right thing, but he's proved what a good player he is as well. So um, you have to make decisions every minute of the day at a football club and sometimes they bite you and sometimes they don't. All you can hope is that you get it right in the round, you know, that, that, that you make more good ones than bad ones because you know you'll never make all good ones. It's not possible. Definitely. OK, just a
4: couple of quick ones uh, before we let you go, Steve. And um, on, the, on where you play, you've, you've mentioned just recently um, and everyone has got in touch and said, you know, we want Mamma next season. They even, I think people told him enough times today. That's obviously a colossal deal financially. Could it happen? Is it a realistic one?
6: Well, look, the player was, you know, could have gone anywhere. Once he was injured, could have gone back to Liverpool. Could have gone anywhere, and he's been with us. Was there today? You, you can't be more impressed with that. And it's difficult to, you can't, you, you know, you can't con anyone that he didn't make a massive difference. I mean, we won some massive games with him. He's a, he's a, he's a really nice person. He's a big character. Um, he's got the respect of all of the players, and it's one we'd like to do. But of course we have a a lot of things that we need to do in the summer and you know the money needs to work for us and for Liverpool and you know I'm sure there'll be a negotiation on that if we can make it work of course we'd like to I'm not going to try and be coy about it he's a very good player and uh, I think he likes being with us we like him so let's hope we can do it Fantastic.
4: And uh, Sellers was was absolutely rammed today. I I think I saw every single person I know. Um, You know, people talking about it was easier to get cup final tickets than get a ticket for today. Uh, We've got a waiting list for season tickets, all this kind of stuff. And I suppose you you sort of hinted at it earlier on. The clamour for sort of news about the ground is as loud as ever. I think your last update in in an interview was that, you know, it was difficult negotiations with a third party. That we're making it tough. Um, what, what's the plans in place for the summer in, in general at the, at the ground? And again, wh- where are your sort of latest update on on anything further than that?
6: Well, we're going to go for planning permission, and then we'll cross all the other bridges when we can. So hopefully, we'll be able to put something out there soon. I mean, it is difficult, guys. You know, these things cost yeah. a lot of money, and when you don't know what division you're going to be in, and you, you know, you're thinking sometimes. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I sit there thinking about, right, how do we get out of the championship for in there next year? You know, I spend the two weeks, two weeks sitting down with everybody planning for that. What does the money look like? Who would we need to sell? Who would we bring in? Um, it's difficult to go, okay, let's spend a million on the planning permission. <laughs> um, so, But we've got somebody full-time employed. We'll press the button back on that again. There are difficulties. Hopefully, they're not insurmountable. The fans will play a part, I'm sure. Um, We haven't got as far as I'd wanted to in the time. It's easy to run away from things and say it's not my fault, but in some ways this time it really isn't. You know, we just we're so constrained. We only own the footprint of the stands, really. You know, and we need more space. And people have been difficult, more difficult than I think they need to be. Yeah. And when the time is right, and if they are really going to stick to their guns on that, then maybe I we'll have to say more. But right yeah. now, let's hope we can work with them and, and, and get the right solution. Absolutely right. Otherwise, um, yeah,
4: (laughs) well, otherwise we'll hear more and and see what happens, I guess. Um, Okay, and um, another thing you sort of you mentioned in passing was the academy. And I I, I see it as a recurring theme. and I'm sure you've seen it as well on the message boards and all that kind of stuff. Fans desperate for youth players to make an impact. And I noticed that Sam Allardyce also made some positive noises about, you know, the future of the club and the academy and all that kind of stuff. What's uh, again, what's the latest with, with, with the plans for the academy going into the next few seasons?
6: Well first thing i will say is, you know, people say we're worse off on the Academy. The Academy have got their own training ground which they've never had. They've always just shared the training ground with the main team, We've only got three pitches, which has meant the pitches end up in a terrible state by the end of the season, both for the pros and for the academy. We've now got a separate training ground. We're negotiating with various parties. We've got eighteen months to try and get a cat one application in if we can. We know it needs to be better. But out of all of that, you know, we've got two or three lads, they've got a real chance You know, Luke Dreyer, um, Kian Flanagan, Nia Kirby and a few others that really have have got a chance. A couple of them have been training with Sam. He knows all about them. Uh, You know, had we been in a better situation this year, I definitely think you would have seen something from them. Um, If we can get off to a better start next year, certainly have a pre-season with them, then I'm I'm sure Sam will will want to bring them into the side. Um, He's spoken about it with me at length. There's certainly no lack of inclination on the manager's part to get the young players from the academy in. You know, we need to build pathways. We need to work with the recruitment. Tim and I have been talking about it to make sure that there's, there's avenues for these players to come into, that we're not blocking their path with players that we buy. You know, that's what teams like Southampton do so well. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're going to do this year. And um, I think people, you know, need to be a little bit more positive because in spite of everything, we've got, we got some good lads in that academy. We've got Richard Shaw and Paddy McCarthy and Gary is it and some great lads working really hard in it with the under 18s the under twenty threes and below that, Sasser Church is just coming and he's working with the real younger players. So um, I've got great hopes for our academy. I'm not giving up on it in any way, shape or form. Sure, we need better facilities, but that's not all about facilities. Sometimes it's about giving players the right opportunity, and that's what we aim to do.
4: That's great to hear. Steve, we're going to let you go. Um, otherwise, we'll be talking to you all night, I think. And that's probably not the most convenient thing in the world. So thank you so much for joining us today. We've um, Loads of great feedback already. Most people just, you know, a lot of people saying just thank you for, for the season and for doing what you did. And I can only echo that as well. Thank you so much. And um, looking
6: forward to the next campaign. Guys, And thanks for all your support. And uh, I just take this opportunity to thank once again all the supporters and wish them all a happy summer. Um, I'm glad that we can give you that because I know how bad it would have been if we'd have been relegated. So I know what it means to people. So have, enjoy the summer. Enjoy next week. Maybe we can get to 11th. But whatever happens, we're a Premier League side for a record fifth year. And I look forward to seeing everybody in, uh, in August. Thanks, Thanks. Cheers, Thank you Thank Cheers, Steve. Cheers, Steve. Thank you, mate. All the best. Cheers, guys. All the best. Bye. Thank you.
4: There we go. Palace chairman Steve Parrish there. There's plenty of content there. And again, it's one of those things I find I have to listen back a few times to just hear to understand everything that's uh, been said there. But a great message at the end. be bit a reaction, gents, before we go back to the game review?
5: Can I Can I yeah. just say something? I'll just <laughs> J-Dog in the chat just turned around and said, Church, Sasa Church is working with the kids. The psycho's psycho. Wow.
0: <laughs> that, we're, we're, talking, we're
5: talking
4: to, to Sasa. Um, we're doing an uh, interview with him. Well, the plan is to record it tomorrow, so I can't wait to talk to him. Not only was he an absolute hero of mine because he was just such a personality, but I get if you haven't done so, if there's anyone listening to this who never saw Sasser play for us and 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 his time at Bolton and Villa as well, just have a look at YouTube. The the guy had great feet, Um, was a really really talented player, but was. Absolutely barking mad as a player,
3: um, and
4: anyone who sees and follows him on Twitter knows he's a, a hot chocolate, hot chocolate obsessed maniac. Now, but he is so much fun, and uh, and it's great to hear that he's he's got involved because he runs he runs his own sort of, you know, uh, football uh, football academy type thing. Um,
5: Appreciation society well. but but he yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> but he's you know he was a very very good footballer, and it was great to see him get involved with the. REMF game as well uh, this year I know Terence uh, played in that and said he's a fantastic guy uh, you know maybe he doesn't have the fitness that he used to but he's he, you know the feet are still still great and um, you know he, he had nothing but good things about, about Sasser, So I can't wait to speak to him it's um, brilliant Chris brilliant.
0: Can, can I just uh, pick up on a couple of points that Steve yeah. made, mentioned in the interview uh, I thought a couple of interesting things was he said that the development of the stadium the fans will have a, a part to play and I thought that's interesting. I wanted, because obviously they've hit some hurdles there, and fans will have a part to play. I thought that was interesting. And I yeah, was also, can, I,
4: can I just oh. make a comment on that? I think most people can probably guess what you know what the difficulties are with yeah. uh, what the third party is, and um, potentially what might be being hinted at there. Obviously, don't <laughs> you know? We'll wait and see what gets what gets said, but you know, we've seen we've seen in the past. Palace fans know how to have an impact on the wider world in a, in a really positive way not a negative way you know yeah. you know if we go back to the the lloyds protest as an example there was nothing violent about it nothing you know dodgy about it at all it was just fans coming out in support of their club and i think that's probably the sort of thing that people are talking about so yeah Is it-
5: is it
0: the like Chinese chip clubs. shop up on the corner? Yeah, yeah that's the one. <laughs> like, that's I ain't
5: going there no more. <laughs> it's, jerk, it's the
0: jerk chicken shop. No, and, the, and the other thing, interesting thing, I know I've, uh, he said there, was Sam's desire to bring back, involve the youth set up in, in and around the first team squad. And I think that's fantastic for our future. I really do.
3: It also it, alludes to the fact that Sam's going to be sticking around for a bit.
0: Yeah, good point.
6: Hello.
4: And he should be. He, he really should be. I, was, I was, you know, asked that question for for a reason. Has he, you know, been bitten a bit by the palace bug? Because he genuinely does seem to be enjoying himself. When you see him on the sidelines, and look, you know.
5: I think he also. Well, I mean, he did say that. Had, had things been better, as in we'd been safe, you know, a few games ago, that the kids would have played. <laughs> Sorry,
4: yeah. yeah. I, know. I just noticed j Dog's message as well that Nick's post up that Sasser had great feet and he used them for kicking people up in the air. He was <laughs> yeah. mental.
5: It's he never changed. He still was mad, as you, like you see. He's just he's just a mad dog, isn't he? I love characters like that, you know. And yeah, you
4: know, our one of our our first Serbian midfield maestro, but uh, we got another one now as well, which
3: is which is great. Um, Anyway, great R- stuff. Carl R- just as mad on Facebook. I don't know if anybody follows him there on Facebook.
0: Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, he's a... And
3: he's, he, he challenges Sasa for, for... Mad bonkiness. as a box of frogs. Those <laughs> <laughs> no, he's well worth a follow.
4: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So anyway, when we when we left it, we were just talking about Ben Seke and his uh, and his um, and his goals and what a signing he'd been. We I think you know we, we've we said our part in that. Uh, the next the next sort of point of interest in the game and and, and talking point was um, Grealisski had a, a free kick on the um, on on the left wing, um, clear hit clearly hit punching on the hand, and that's been a, a, a massive talking point from Hull fans. Um, how do we feel about that? Because Mr. Philpot, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that long ago that a certain Robert Snodgrass had a little bit of a tumble in the area and was given, was given as a penalty, and he didn't have any shame
0: in tucking that away. I think the word you're missing out on there is, is that's called karma. Uh, karma on the Snodgrass incident. Look, um, his hand was in an unnatural position today. It clearly struck his hand. Uh, they could have actually had a penalty earlier on in the uh, set-up to. Uh, was it the Benteke goal? It was, wasn't it? Where uh, it rolled up onto Zaha's arm. So they could have had a penalty there and they could have should certainly have had a penalty at that incident. Um, but you know what? After today, I don't even want to talk about the negatives. It was all about the positives. It was fantastic. Stadium it was rocking stuff. And we stayed up 4-0. Move on.
4: Yeah, no, oh, move, move on. Oh, there we go. <laughs> i was going to talk about about Punch's performance as well because I think, by all accounts, it's fair to say he didn't have a, you know, he didn't have a huge game against Man City. Um, obviously, he's done an interview this this last week gone with with FYP. He's he's talked a huh? lot, very positively <laughs>
5: <laughs> you fantastic. said no cursing on this show. Yeah, you said oh, no you. bad language. <laughs> you
4: guys, fantastic podcast. It's great having two podcasts that are passionate about Palace. Is it? That's all I have to say. Mate. It really is. I, I, you know, and it's great to see that the that um, Jason Punchin engaging with them as well, which is fantastic stuff. Um, you know, listen, he's, he's he's been a very positive guy, and I thought it was a proper captain's performance today. I think he stepped up to the mark. He, you know, very very busy on the ball, made a lot of intelligent runs. Uh, worked with Kabai brilliantly, and when Kabai went off, he was just as worked just as well with MacArthur,
3: and um, I thought it was a, a really good positive display. My favourite um, punch moment was um, when he took a free kick in the second half, and the look Milivojevic gave him when he just blasted it <laughs> over the bar, and he had a shot today, oh, which he has
6: done but since twenty
3: sixteen. It's,
4: it's yeah, that's the only p- better thing. I re- I, f- almost, I feel sorry for the guy in a way because the whole not having a goal this season thing, you could see it preying on his mind because he had a couple of opportunities to shoot, and this season he's just he's just shied away from it. But that's not the player he is anymore. That's not the role he's playing anymore. I hope no. I hope his goal touch does come back because it would it would help <laughs> because you know he's the knack of scoring goals at a key time.
5: Maybe he doesn't need the goal bonus.
4: Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. But I think captain's display today. What do you reckon, Joe?
5: how good is Puncher? I agree. I absolutely agree. <laughs> I said that about moving my lips. <laughs> oh, weird. That's
4: weird. I love the fact that Mikey was on my wavelength there. I didn't even discuss it with him.
0: <laughs> Chris, you, picked up, you, you mentioned about um, Puncher not scoring goals so far this season, and yeah. I really felt for him, that free kick, we were 4-0 up, and he had that one opportunity, and I'm thinking I'm praying for him. But, but the, the other point I was going to make was, did you notice four different goal scorers today? So uh, we didn't. We actually don't need punching to score goals because we're getting them from all over the park.
4: Yeah, no, that's a fair point. And you know, we, we haven't really suffered through from his lack of goals. But like I say, for me, it was he just had this knack of, of getting a goal in a game where we weren't ever going to score. You know, <laughs> um, and you, I, you think back to probably his his last goal outside the cup final, which was against Norwich, where we were just we desperately needed that win, uh, and he stepped up and did it. But but there we go. I think I think overall the the captaincy has been a huge positive for him. And um, you know, let's hope he discovers his goal touch again next season. But I think the passion and the, and the energy that he gave today, you know, the the you know went went over and spent time with the HF at the end, and then obviously went as you saying it went to the the pub and had a few pints with him afterwards, and all that kind of stuff. Great to see that that level of commitment and and to the club, which is is you know all you can really ask of your players that that they give their all. And you know, and they play for the badge kind of thing, which is great. Although we get into the debate of <laughs> what he's playing for the badge that I brought up the other week. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on from that. Um So um had a chance, uh but put through by Zaha on the left and sort of blazed wide, but showing sort of the other side of his game, it's some great hold up play, uh and he put Schlupp in to sort of spirit into the area. Dawson makes a sort of one of those tired tackles of a, of a centre back who hadn't played a few games in in a, I think it was a league, like three four months before since he started last, uh, and it and it looked like it. And Luka obviously stroked home with the penalty. A lot of people saying Schluck was man of the match today. Those that's you know that's I don't know I don't know my man of the match. I haven't really thought about
0: it. But Mr. Nick Philpot Nick P, uh, how would you judge Schluck today? I think he had a really strong game. And you know what you just raised a good point. I I've, I've not even thought about a man of the match today. Because they were all you know, they're all superb. They all played above the levels of recent couple recent couple of weeks. But Schluck, I think Schluckby's I thought I thought Van Onholt was gonna be the the better left back, okay? Yeah. But I but I actually don't believe that's the case now. I actually think is the best better left back out of the two of them um well certainly on today's performance he was good he was strong uh he was attacking minded all the time he was looking for the early option to hit Ben benteke whenever he could now he had a great game
4: it did it's interesting that, um he used to you know he used to play as a striker and and a left winger as well so when van Aanholt came on for for townsend who obviously took took a bit of a knock and had to go off i, I still always just imagine oh Schlupp will go left wing but he doesn't. And what was really interesting about how the two of them played together is they kind of almost shared the left wing slash left back position. Van Arnholt was definitely the further forward more often than not, but they worked quite well together. In the um, you know, when Schlupp went on that run to to win a penalty, obviously PVA just just tux, just sticks himself back in there.
0: All of a sudden, I don't know if you realised. All of a sudden, uh, Wilford and PVA actually swapped positions, and PVA was ending, ended up out on the right. You know, yeah, yeah. When he first just came on. Yeah.
4: It's nice to have
5: that that versatility, uh, Joe. Uh, you, can, you can have a stewards on on shlupp and schlup. Oh I, God! I, 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 I'm, no, I'm just you know your tomato tomato. <laughs> I, I'm just you know I'll just need a steward's on it. You're, You're right, audience. Joe. Is, is, it, it, import- I'm just, is <laughs> it a crawly thing?
3: I'd say it's sclup because the S C H is like the start of school. <laughs>
5: Well, if we go phonics on his name, then yeah. Well, that's, okay. the thing
4: is, is I think it's. I mean, it depends where it's uh, where the name's from. Because I believe was he born in Germany? Um, oh, I think so. No, that would be from up north. I think that you've taken some deliberately taken us on a tangent here, Gel, that we hadn't planned on.
5: No, 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 no. i
4: will just. I. I think you have.
5: Getting on to just going back to what what uh, what Nick P was just saying about um, about the two left backs, um, I, they both got their own they both got their own thing. I I, I think uh, schlupp has got the the, the pace that, that we're after, but when it comes to closing down, I I think PVA he, he, he closes down better at, at, when someone's attacking him. Um, I've, you know, quite a lot of our problems in the last couple of months when we've had them have been from when when uh, when Schlupp's playing is, it, is he is he sits off a little bit too far for me. Um but they but they both you know we now have three left backs which you know, we, we've gone from sublime to the ridiculous have not we yes. um so but yeah no, they they've all they've all got their own their own I mean I mean neither, neither of them two can cross a ball like um, um Yeah, yeah on on Pap So but yeah I maybe if we can amalgamate the three of them. And what, have to old-
4: one super fullback yeah.
5: yeah. Imagine <laughs> that. it would be, be awesome.
4: Not sure of the rules about sort of splicing players into each just, other. We'll have to have a look into that Melting them, Melt yeah, them just, down and creating a new one.
5: Yeah. Just, just one more thing as well. You, you were saying you were reading into uh, about what uh, Steve Parish was saying about certain things. We're all reading into, but what he did say was that Jules signed and a, a, a another contract. But but yeah. what I thought was really was lovely for him to say. He said we owed him that. Yeah. And I really, yeah. because we said that about last year, that they owed him that. So obviously, you know, I like it when the owners are thinking the same as what we're thinking anyway. But, I, you know, I appreciate that. Even though he probably won't play another game for us unless it's, you know, unless we play three keepers on the bench um, and get two injuries. But I, I, I was really I really appreciate that. Of everything that he said, I was really appreciative of that. Because that was- just... It shows des- the depth of thinking within the club.
4: Yeah, I was desperate for Spironi to come on and play 10 minutes up front at the end of the game today, but it didn't happen.
5: <laughs> well, he said, you know, he said, you know you've, you've, got to get, you've got to let players go to evolve as a club to get better. Otherwise, you stay still and you can't stay still in the Premier League. But, you know, I, 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 was, I, I really you know, impressed me more than anything else that he said today. I like that. It
4: was interesting. It uh, wasn't that long ago that Sam Allardyce was talking about the goalkeeper situation because he was asked about Mondonda repeatedly who... You know, he obviously hasn't played for us and clearly will be leaving at the end of the season. And again, I can only say that, that speculatively from, from various people saying what the, what the situation is, that quite simply he didn't settle in this, this country and I don't believe his family are, are here and I think they've gone back gone back home and that's that's pretty much the reason why things have gone as they've gone. I don't think there's any grand conspiracy about it. You know, he's clearly a very good goalkeeper, but, but not for us really. But um, there's... <laughs> You know,
1: uh, Mike pointed
4: out that Terence, you why know, on the preview podcast on Wednesday is because he's too fat. But I, I, you know, I'm being more diplomatic about it. To be honest with you, than Terences. <laughs> but uh, look. anyway, um, I, I yeah, look, it, it is what it is. So, but anyway, Allardyce was talking about the goalkeepers, and he pointed out that he, you know he felt that Spironi is a viable is a viable choice at Premier League level for us, and that was nice to hear as well. That, you know, and if you look at Jules, he's you know he's in good shape, um, and he's training hard, and he says he still feels as good as, as he's ever done. And you know, goalkeepers can go on quite a lot longer than other players as well. So I think it's great that he's still there and he's still competing, and he's on a you know he's on the bench for us if we need him and all this kind of stuff. And and long may that continue while his powers are still with him. Um. So look, you know. Pretty much taking us to the to the end of the game. Obviously, Lucas scored that penalty. I was going to talk a little bit more about the impact of of Luca Milivojevic, but um, I think Steve Parrish talked about that really. And um, there's no point going over that ground again, other than to say, yes, I, I agree what, with what Steve said. He was a great find uh, for for whoever found him and brought him in. And you can only have to look at the results that Olympiakos had after he left, when they really just they just started losing games after being on a fantastic run. He's clearly a hugely important player. And uh, and again, as Steve pointed out, just took to the Premier League straight away and there's not many that can do that. Um, so whatever we paid for him, it's been, it's a bargain. And um, again, let's hope we keep him for, for a long time because he's got club legends stamped all over him right now. Indeed. Um, so the last the last thing that happened right at the end of the game really was um you had McArthur obviously came on for of Kabay. Battled brilliantly sort of down the right-hand side, slid a pass through to, to Van Arnholt very calm finish to make it for um and really we deserved that it was it was a very very clinical performance it wasn't the best of games first half if we we're honest, very very scrappy you could see two teams that were were nervous and and again if you were a neutral you'd look at that and say, oh yeah two two championship teams playing in the Premier League um, I don't know why I did the voice, but that's what you'd say um but <clears throat> excuse me, but uh I think our class showed in the end that that uh, you know, that made me really, really happy to say that. Um, but, you know, what were, what were we all worried about? <laughs> what was the problem? Right? always going to ne- win,
3: weren't we? Never in doubt, was it? Ah, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to find something else to fret about next week now. I'm not happy in this. I can fret. <laughs> <regret. laughs> Certainly, <laughs> not happy in this. I can fret. That's, I just, that's a I,
4: Palace
5: fan. I'd still, like, uh, I'd still like to turn Man United over. Next oh, week, means, yeah. I mean, it really would be would be massive. It's, you know, in my house it'd be massive anyway, because my future son in law's Man United proper oh, staunch okay. as well. I know, I know. It's yeah. tough, but you know, he, he, um. But yeah, if if we were to do that, if that would that would please me immensely.
3: Well, there so we have go. A few bob as well, isn't it, going getting that few extra places in the league. It certainly is. Can make a difference in the in the
4: transfer window next year. Just having that little bit of extra money. So it's still important. Still, everything to play for in terms of league position. And obviously, you know, Man United have their focus, and it isn't the Premier League right now. So uh, Terrence of course, will be previewing that game uh, in midweek on the on the preview podcast. But other than that, can I say um, thank you very much for listening today. Thank you to Joe, Nick and Nick and of course Mikey for, t- for producing. Thank you very much to Steve Parrish for joining us and it was um, really just great to hear his his views on everything and um, obviously his appreciation for the fans and their efforts this year. Uh, we will obviously have a game uh, game, a show reviewing the final game of the season and then we will have an end of season show as well. We've got our charity game coming up on the twenty fourth. There'll be plenty of content relating to that, as well as upcoming interviews with High Money and Sasa Churchich
3: and probably a few others as well. So that, do- um, Go on, that high money's well worth a listen. Uh, myself and jail spoke to her last week. She is such good value for money. We could have gone on for about seven hours. <laughs> good value for money was that a joke no it wasn't but i wish now
4: you
1: should claim you
4: should at the very least claim that as a joke anyway that's enough from us thank you very much for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon cheers thank bye you.
1: Homesdale Radio. Sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football.
0: Mike Oxmoor. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport Powered by fans.